You are now listening to the Oliver Manley Show. Hey everyone, my name is Oliver Manalise, and you're listening to episode three of the Oliver Manalise Show, where we dive deep into the breakdowns and struggles of entrepreneurs and leaders and uncover the insights that empowered them to break through adversity. I know that's a little bit of a mouthful. I'm working on it. Trust me, we'll try to get it more concise in the future. Anyways, what I am very excited about today is to share with you an interview I had with Hans Phillips. This man is a performance consultant. He is an ontological coach, and he supported he has supported leaders and entrepreneurs around the world for the last 25 years. He's somebody who has literally just from one conversation, you can sense the depth and the density of his wisdom. He is somebody who specializes in communication, in relationships, in the process of transformation, in creating integration in your life. When you talk to this guy, it's like he's seeing right through you. He sees you as your highest possibility. He sees you in your wholeness. And I am eternally grateful for his guidance over the years. He has been my coach and my mentor. And seriously, without him, I don't believe I would be where I am today. I honestly feel like I have a little Hans inside my head. I hear his voice and his wisdom all the time throughout my day. And I have achieved things that I once thought was impossible. Literally because of his support. And just the other day, Janet and I were listening to this interview. And we were at the edge of our seat listening to all the things that he had to say. And it was so inspiring because he's raw, he's vulnerable, he's real about his struggles. You would look at him and think of, wow, he is so powerful, he is so present, he is so incredible. How the hell does he also have struggles like this? I thought by that point you'd be invincible to to challenges like this. But he not only makes me feel like I'm not alone in my challenges... And that all leaders and entrepreneurs go through struggles no matter where you're at. Like this is a a never-ending journey. But also he sets an incredible example of how to live and how to approach these types of downturns, these these types of experiences. In this conversation, he goes deep into a very recent breakdown, literally 12 months ago. And it threw him off his game for seven months We talk about what that was like inside of that breakdown, what it took for him to be able to locate himself again and get his groove back. We talk about dealing with adult bullies, working with dysfunctional clients and the consequences of that. We talk about how to set healthy boundaries. We talk about the fundamentals that he's discovered over the years that lead to power and possibility. We talk about so many different things in this interview. I really hope you have a pen and paper in hand. Also, there's full show notes at olivermanelise.com slash three if you want some of the links and some of the topics that we cover on this. Other than that, I'm just so excited to share this interview with you all. And without further ado, let's hand over the mic to Mr. Hans Phillips. I'm here with Hans Phillips. He is a performance consultant and an ontological coach. And he's my coach. 
and we've worked together for many, many years. And I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks for agreeing to do this with me. Thank you, Oliver. It's a pleasure. And how's your day been today? Has it been a busy day? Uh, it's busy. It's also had a big challenge in the middle of it um, and uh, had to re- get, readjust myself, recalibrate myself to, uh, to get back to being present so I could be of service. Yeah, I hear you. So I'm doing this, this podcast as an experiment. And the idea is, can I have conversations with people and, and find out from someone's story, their unique story, all of the embedded universal truths or insights, like looking back, as you connect the dots, looking back, can you find what it was that helped you break through the obstacle? Terrific. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's sort of a lifelong journey for me. So I'm, I'm really happy to be here to talk about it. And what's really cool is that just cause we, we get to talk so often and I feel like I get to turn the table a little bit. I get to ask you questions because I don't get to go deep into your story and what you've gone through and how, like, how did you become Hans Phillips? Powerful master coach, supporting entrepreneurs all over the world, creating possibility in people's lives. That's what I'm just so fascinated by it. Well, it seems uh, sort of like a natural evolution for me because I've always loved people. I've always enjoyed people, um, always cared about people. And, uh, you know, I was a great listener as a young person. Uh, And one day uh, I was about 15 years old and I realized, you know what, I'm probably going to turn out like my parents. Uh, You know, if I don't do something radical uh, and they were, you know, fine people, but they hadn't done a lot of research on relationship or communication pretty clearly based on how they raised me and you know, the multiple divorces. And so I just decided to become a student of communication and relationship. And, uh, I did that for 10 years. Uh, and I, and it really was mm. a self, a self study course. Cause I didn't want to be a therapist. I didn't realize till years later that, um, I was far more interested in people's future than their past. So yeah. lots, of people, lots of people said, you should be a therapist. And I, and I just was like, that doesn't really resonate for me. Um, but I went to seminars and workshops and read books and volunteered to help out with other people's stuff. And, uh, and that's what I did for 10 years. And I got to be an expert in relationship and communication and also exploring emotional intelligence and awareness leading to consciousness. And all that was great. And then met my wife hmm. and, and she had been in this whole other metaphysical realm, which as a man, it was like, well, if I can't see it and touch it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> so, uh, uh, I, I just resisted it for three years of our, the first three years of our relationship. I was just really? like, no, that's, that's fine for you, honey, but I don't need that because it wasn't something that was real to me. It wasn't something that was practical to me. And, and literally after three years, um, once I stepped into it, it was like, oh my goodness, this is infinite. Our, our psychology and our emotions are finite, but the, the possibility, the opportunity of who we can be and, and, and um, what we can accomplish, it's infinite. So I stepped deep into that, found someone who would mentor me, um, was with them for two years, and then I've just been doing this ever since. 25 years later, here we are. 25 years later. That is incredible. So that's, I mean, that's the Coles Notes version of it. Yeah. Because I, I know, I mean, there's been lots of ups and downs. 
And I think, you know, we all get to see, I'm like, I, I get to look at your life and be inspired by it, you know, with how you take care of yourself, how you spend time with your family and the types of people that you get to be surrounded by and just how relaxed you are with, with your way of being is very different than the typical, you know, hustle and grind mentality of people who just burn out and they glorify burning out and like burning the candle at both ends. And I'm just like, no, I don't want, I don't want to do that. So is there, is there any, anything that you can think of as you look back, that would be kind of like one of the most important, or I guess one of the important turning points for your life where it was, maybe it was a breakdown. Maybe you faced a situation where it was just like, wow, okay, I, I can't have it be this way any longer. And something needs to change. Like there's a fork in the road. Um, I'm interested in what what shows up for you when, when you hear that. Well, it, it, it's for me, it's uh, last year. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had an interaction with two very difficult personalities uh, professionally and my personal power literally got vaporized in the process. What does that uh, mean? I, your personal power got vaporized. I didn't, I didn't have access to myself. I didn't, I didn't know myself anymore. I was in reactive mode rather than responsive mode. Um, I couldn't locate myself on a daily basis um, like I'd been practicing for 25 years. I start my day every day with the description of who I am. And also um, I look at sort of, you know, my red flags or, or the things that I'm not, but my behaviors. And I remind myself to manage and minimize those places. Yeah. But I don't, I don't put a foot on the floor without actually saying who I am and what I'm up to. And uh, I, I just, I lost my ability to feel that calm, peace, um, grace, gratitude, humility, place that I'd spent my, most of my life developing. And so I was literally without a rudder uh, for seven months. Wow. <clears throat> and so lots of people can relate to that. Um, but and, the, So what was it about these people, these two clients, you say, like what was it that had you kind of shift directions and, and kind of lose this this ability to ground yourself in your in the practices you've been been having for 25 years it's like everyone would look at somebody who's been practicing for that long and and created the types of uh, power and possibility in your life it's like wow even even hans even after 25 years has a huge breakdown like this so i've always like i said i've always loved people and i've worked with people from all walks of life and come to find out at the end of last year, I can't do that anymore. I can't work with just anybody. Yeah. And both of these people, I got very deeply involved with them only to realize how um, severely dysfunctional they were and how much uh, in psychology they call it transference. So they had stuff from their past and they just put it right in my lap. And they weren't aware that they were doing that. And it didn't matter that I had awareness that they were doing that because the circumstances were real for them. Their emotions were real. Their thoughts were real. Like I was the bad guy and I needed to be controlled. I needed to be dominated. I needed to be taught a lesson. Uh, and so we were doing a dance. And that was such an old familiar dance for me 
that it triggered all kinds of old behaviors, old thoughts, old feelings, old physiology, and I literally lost myself. And what, uh, was, what, was, what was it that it triggered from your past? My survival instinct, um, my, uh, my strategy that I used to get through my childhood. My childhood was full of chaos, um, full of uh, um, emotional, um, mental, and physical abuse. Uh, and I had to like survive. From your, from your parents? From uh, teachers? My father, my, my, no, my father was absent and my stepmother uh, was, was, you know, meeting out the abuse. Wow. Uh, and, and she had four kids and no skills. And my father was, you know, workaholic, alcoholic, pot smoking, philandering, cigarette smoking dude. Uh, so, you know, there were all these predictable dynamics. Now it's predictable. Back then, I had no idea what was coming or when it was coming. And so there were all these compensating mechanisms that I created. And if I'm not careful now, if I interact with somebody, I can go back to those compensating mechanisms. Now, I've done a bunch of healing work lately, and um, I've, I've went and seen a therapist about, you know, these triggers. Uh, and unfortunately, there's, there's no magic key. There's no magic bullet. There isn't? Come on. No, I know. Disappointing. I'm so surprised. I was, I was hopeful as well. <laughs> uh, but what it, com- what it comes down to is, can I stop, take a breath, make a choice, and respond while I'm moving away, as opposed to react get enmeshed, get reactive, get all this old stuff triggered that has me, then I'm in it. I'm psychologically, emotionally, physically in it. What was it like inside of it? Like inside the the experience, can you share what it it felt like? What was it day to day? Because you had two shitty clients, but at the same time, you had to go and support and be with other people and try to grow your business and... Yeah, so I... Um, it was, it was scary. Um, and it literally, I brought everything I knew to bear in that situation. I didn't know what would work, but I took all of my knowledge and all of my skill and just applied it day in and day out. And the thing that I'm proud of Oliver is that for the first time in my life, I was the same guy in that problem as I was when things were going well. What does that mean? Um, I was, uh, I was reliable. I was consistent. I showed up. I didn't act out. I didn't numb out. Um, I wasn't in denial. Uh, I didn't pile it on. There were all these things that five years earlier in that state of fear, I would have done or not done. Mm-hmm. And I just kept showing up. Was it I right just, away? Did you, I, did you, did you feel like you were becoming that, that same consistent person, whether it's in a crappy situation or a powerful situation? It was, did it, it, did it happen immediately, like after these dysfunctional clients? Yes, it did, but it didn't change for seven months. Like it literally, I had to endure for seven months. And the, and the therapist that I talked to wow. last week was concerned about the fact that I was there for seven months. Um, but for me, it was sort of a trial by fire. Um, it was kind of my crucible. And, uh, and I just kept showing up. I think that my therapist wanted me to reach out for help sooner. (laughs) (laughs) And and I just felt ashamed that I had created these situations. So I needed to work my way through them. And uh, it took me seven months to do it. But seven months, what was the seven months exactly? 
Like, so it took you seven months to what? To break re through re it? Re reclaim myself, become myself, um, get my mojo back, get my personal power back, be able to create business again, be able to feel like I am myself. I am joyful. I am wise. I am knowledgeable. I am practical. I'm effective. I'm efficient. And so there was just this swirling maelstrom of, of circumstances and junk and, you know, attacks and domination and just bleh. And what and, about your family? Uh, we all did the best. Did that stress you? Yeah, it sure did. Um, you know, I had to, I had to communicate with them what was going on and reassure them, Hey, this is happening, but I'll, I'll work my way back. Um, and, and I literally, I looked at, um, some pretty radical stuff like going and getting a job. Um, because I didn't make a sale for those seven months. I didn't make a single oh sale God. for those seven months. And I've been in sales for 30 years. I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years. So it was pretty shocking. And luckily, the two job interviews that I went on, neither one of them hired me. Um, and so today, I'm back in my power, back in the flow, creating business, uh, being effective with people. And that crucible got me clear on some stuff, um, like I can't work with just anybody. In fact, uh, I actually am more interested now in a, in a particular part of my business that was, um, you know, just really fledgling last year. And now it's like, no, that's how I want to spend my time. So it took that radical problem and breakdown to, to, to have me discover, oh, this is what I really enjoy doing. This is what I want to focus on next. So was, was all of this almost like a, a consequence for taking on people who weren't? Your ideal, like not a match Definitely. for you? And what kind of yes. people were they? Um, smart, powerful, um, tragic histories, angry, manipulative, dysfunctional, mm. um, looking for a next place to engage and obliterate somebody. And I was the next somebody. And once they got, once they got their hooks in, they weren't letting go anytime soon. And did you sense that? Like, is that something you can foresee? Like, even being with how many people in your career, is that something now, that you can predict? Or is that... Yeah, but here's the thing. They led with uh, they led with something that was exciting for me. So I jumped in. Like, oh, my gosh, this mm. is great. And so I got seduced, as it were. <laughs> and, and now I move much more slowly. And... Um, Before letting I, people work with you. I vet people, uh, you know, in, in four or five conversations now rather than just one or two. Wow. That's a lot of time. Well, for me, if I'm going to spend a year with somebody of my life and theirs, um, it's worth it to me to invest that time up front. Um, and so like today I was talking to a guy and I was like, are you willing to read a book? Yes. Are you willing to go to a program? Yes. Are you willing to do a workshop? Yes. Because um, those are the prerequisites for me and, and, and this guy in particular is like, hey, if you'll do that pre-work, then we can talk about working together. Gotcha. But I don't, I, don't, I don't think either one of these guys would have said yes to any of that. Um, maybe they would have read a book. I don't know. But I don't think they would have done a lot of pre-work because they were really looking for somebody new to victimize. And the sooner they could get in that relationship, the better for them. And I don't think that was conscious for them. I just think that that's how they roll, if you yeah. will. That's their pattern, and you know you could point right to it, and they'd be like, "No, no, 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 that's not true for me and everybody, and that's just true for me for with some people." And Hans happened to be one of those some people. But I literally got the bottom line for me was, 
am I the jerk that these guys think that these people think I am? Because literally, that's what it came down to: is like, am I am I a complete loser? Am I am I a jerk? Really? Because mm-hmm. when we got down to it, both of these people were just like, that's you, what they felt about you. You are a jerk. Yeah, you're a liar. You're a jerk. You're a loser. You're con man. Like just all this gobbledygook. Um, and from their perception, that was true for them. So I'm not going to change their mind, but it doesn't have to be true for me. But based on my childhood, I got a lot of negative messages from strong people, powerful people, um, my parents who had control. And so both of these individuals had money, had power, had some control. And so there was a part of me that was like, wow, maybe I am. But in the, you know, at the end, it's like, no, 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 that's just their opinion. And that these are our circumstances. So my job is to work out the circumstances and get as far away from these guys, these people as possible. Wow. So this experience sounds like it, you know, you said it triggered from, it triggered something that happened in your childhood. And was, were there other expressions of this throughout your, throughout your life? Well, it's were there other ways that it showed up. Yeah, it's interesting because my wife made the observation, you know, you, you actually have a new bully show up every three or four years. Wow. And a, adult bullying is a thing. Like, it, it exists. You can Google adult bullying, right? And so what mean I look at it. Instead of mean boys and mean girls, <laughs> mean men yeah, and yeah. women. Mean women, yeah. Um, and so for me, uh, my challenge now is to discover who am I without a bully and what I got to in a conversation with a, with a new colleague was my mother left when I was six months old. And so I'm sure I was looking to have her come back in the scene. And what better way to do that than to have someone bullying me? Like that's what parents do is they stop people from bullying their kids. So I had never made that connection before. Like I, I just want my mommy to come save me. Can you, can you say that again? So it, are you saying allowing yourself... Or putting, or being, or finding yourself in situations where you're being bullied, it's almost like this. This this is the situation where the parental figure would come in and save me. Right? Like, can you That's say exactly that? Can it. you say it again? Yeah, that um, because my mom left when I was six months old, and my stepmother came in when I was a year and a half old, and, and she literally was bullying me. Um, you know that it's not. It's not a big stretch for me to see, Oh, the reason why I have bullies is so that I can have someone rescue me. It used to be my father. Um, but my father was a fairly dysfunctional individual. So, mm. you know, I can't rescue myself unless I do. And, <laughs> and so now the challenge is to not need to be rescued, not need to have a bully to define myself, um, and actually break that cycle, which has been going on since I was six months old. No, no, you're a half old. Wow. It is always having a bully show up. So the funny thing was, I'm walking, it's literally an hour after the therapist conversation where I, you know, have this realization and I bump into one of my bullies. Like one uh, of those two clients? No, no, no. This is another or... guy who is a, has been a bully in my life. Um, and uh, I didn't realize it was him. And I said, hi. Uh, and he was actually taking a nap. And I said, hey, I like your truck. I'm a car guy. So I like your truck. And then I realized it was him and he just was coming out of a sleep and he was like, oh, hi, uh, how are you? And I said, I'm I'm fine. And what my therapist said is take a breath. So I took a breath. And what my therapist said was respond rather than react and back away. And so Mm. I didn't didn't respond to his, you know, I mean, it would have been, it could have been a longer conversation, but it was just like, I'm fine. And I turned around and walked away. So that's my job is to walk away from the bully. 
don't don't put myself in a situation where I get bullied and then stop interacting with people who are bullied, stop befriending them, stop doing business with them, stop interacting with them. Wow. And so looking looking back now, so so this was 2015, you were saying? This past year. Was it 2016? Yeah. So as I mean it's we're we're right at the end of 2016, but as you look back, what are some of the most important things that you've taken away from from this experience? Uh, like the I'm next not, time it shows up again, the next time it potentially occurs again in your life. Well, I'm not for everybody. And I'm, I'm not pretty, for everybody. I'm not, yeah, I'm not for everybody. I'm pretty strong medicine. So you got to have a strong constitution in order for us to work together. Hmm. Um, you you've, are. You've, <laughs> you've, you've got to be in great shape because interaction with me is going to break you down. Otherwise, I'm going to become a problem as opposed to a strong ally. Uh, a strong advocate, a champion of, of for your you and your future, uh, and so you know I got to pick and choose who I work with. I got to pick and choose who I associate with, who I'm friends with, because um, you know I'm a great place to get reactive, and um, and that's not healthy for me or for the person that I'm dealing with. So if you want to be responsive, you want to hang out, you want to enjoy life, you want to have some fun, you want to go deep, you want to you know you want to do some work. I'm your guy, but otherwise. You know, we really should be on a high by relationship. And has has there been situations recently where it's been like you filtered people out? You've said no. You've not proposed working together. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I just really like people. I can see what's possible with people, and and so I'm attracted to people in general. But yeah, a couple of people recently, it's just like they don't have the resources or they don't have the commitment, and so it's just it's just the one meeting with them and send them on their way. Now they know where I live. They know how to contact me Mm -hmm. if it changes. But again, I'm going to ask them, Hey, would you read a book? Would you, would you do a workshop? Would you do a seminar? Um, I want to see them in action. I want them to be breaking themselves down. I don't want them to be using me to resist breaking themselves down. Oh my God. And it's interesting because my son, we, we went and ordered Chinese food and my son got bullied by the restaurant owner. I walked out and sat in my car. And when he came out, he reported the two or three things that the restaurant owner had done. And I took a moment and I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to stand. And so I walked back in and I had a very straight two minute conversation with the restaurant owner who pretended like nothing had happened. And, um, and I let her know that's bullying. And when you do that to my son, you do that to me, to my family. Uh-huh. And then I closed with, this is my wife's favorite Chinese restaurant. And she, she, and she was moving on to the next customer. And I was like, no, 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 wait. This is my wife's favorite Chinese restaurant. And then I turned around wow. and walked away. Now, my wife's going to go back there. I don't know that I will. But that person knows that I'm going to go home and tell my wife, hey, you'll never guess what the owner of the or the manager of your favorite Chinese restaurant did. And so I don't know about the culture. It may be that in Chinese culture, young people don't get the same respect, honor, courtesy as an adult. I don't know. But I don't care. But you... Okay, so I'm interested in where where does that come from? How did you when did you learn to be able to do that? Actually, just, tell somebody, hey, what you did, that's not right. I think just, there's a lot of people who let things slide. Like they'll get they'll feel bullied, they'll feel excluded, they'll feel hurt after a situation or a circumstance or a person, and they'll suck it up and they'll suppress it. As opposed to kind of what you just demonstrated, which just happened, what, a, like an hour ago? 
<laughs> well, you... not, today, not today. Oh, it was not this day. Okay, but yeah. <laughs> okay, but like, yeah, you just went out and you you stepped up to a person and you just said, "Hey, this is not okay." Like you exactly. just bullied, you just bullied my son. Yeah, set a boundary. Well, um, this is a recent development. This this comes out of this last year as well, and mm-hmm. it comes out. Of, it, it actually comes out of um, doing some work around emotional intelligence. Uh, so for me, it's having enough self-worth to set that boundary. Um, because before it would have been like, I'm sorry that happened, son. And maybe we won't go back there, blah, blah, blah. Like you said, sucking it up, letting people step across my boundaries yeah. or, or, um, or even being nice to that person. The next time I see them, oh, I'll just knife my way that, you know, into their good graces. <laughs> maybe, maybe I can nice them into not treating my son like that. Oh God. But that's not healthy. That's not real. That's not healthy. So it's been it's been within the last year that I really felt like I've got the uh, emotional intelligence to make mm-hmm. those make those choices because I could have let that slide, but it wasn't okay with me, and I needed to let them let her know that. So, in what sense would you say uh, is that more for you as opposed to it being about them? Oh, it's all for me. Yeah, that's because that's the sense I, that I get when I yeah. when I do that. I'm I feel like I'm simply allowing myself to honor. This was my truth. This was my experience. This person needs to know. Not necessarily the fact that um, I want to punish this person or, or make them wrong, or even change. So, what do you them? think? Yeah. So, so I don't know that she's going to change her behavior, but for me, as um, as a as a customer, if you're going to feign service. If you're going to pretend like you're serving me, <laughs> then, I, then I'm going to give you feedback and let you know how that is for me. Um, so I'm looking, okay. I'm not looking to change behavior, but I'm definitely looking to have an authentic experience in my life where, um, you know, I'm like you said, I'm sharing my truth or sharing my experience or, or taking care of myself. Because so many times, uh, it's a little pet peeve of mine, but so mm-hmm. many times in businesses, um, people are going through the motions or it's, uh, it, they don't even care yeah. or, or their employee doesn't care. And for me, it's like, no, no, no. If, if we're going to have an exchange here, if we're going to continue to have an exchange, I need to let you know that this is not working for me. Wow. Um, so it's new for me and it's good for me to be able to make choices because I could have done that or not done that. But my son, I'm, I'm working on developing my son into a, a good person. And so showing him, hey, if somebody treats you that way, you get to say something. Yeah. And I and I went back. I didn't drag him with me because some people were like, "Come on, son, let me show let you." Let me show you how it's done. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, no. He already went through it once. He doesn't need to go through it again. And um, and it would have made the owner very uncomfortable because he would have been looking at her like, "Don't lie to my dad." Um, mm. But I was enough. I had enough confidence in him and ability with her to just be like, "This is what's so." Uh, and it doesn't work for me. So if you want to see us again, maybe think about that. And I, and again, like I said, I'm not trying to shift her behavior. If she changes, great. If she doesn't change, I'm okay with that too. It's not my favorite favorite Chinese restaurant. It's mm-hmm. my wife's. <laughs> so it's more for you to honor your authentic experience, That's like right. you said. That's right. And I, I, I That's don't mind an getting... important lesson. That's yeah. huge. And I don't mind getting it wrong. You know, if, if she wanted to say, hey, your son was messing around and he, just, yeah. his, he and his friend were horsing around and I had to parent, you know, I had to put in some boundaries. I'd be like, great. I didn't hear that part of the story. So I'm not coming to these situations as though my, the story is the truth, but it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, I got I to report from my kid. I have an authentic relationship with my kid. He's not telling me mm-hmm. things, that, things that aren't true. Uh, and, you know, I want him to be great. So I'm going to. Uh, I'm still at a place where he's 16 and I get to be the adult 
Um, but he's on his way to adulthood, and I don't want him putting up with stuff that doesn't work for him. So, I love that. There's so much in that that experience, that moment. Like, there's so much in that as well. Yeah, very cool. And and what is the what's it like now in on the other side of of all of this? Like inside of the breakthrough, it's a it's a relief. Um, it's confidence inspiring it's motivating um uh, like i said I, I have a new sense of my own reliability and consistency mm-hmm. um you know I, I i can count on myself uh i'm producing again for me and my family i'm, I'm back to being myself my, back to my experience of joy and love and ease and peace and calm um and even you know my wife and i had a breakdown today um, and we're headed into the holidays, so it was right for, you know, just turning yeah. into this big thing. And I was just like, no, it's not a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, she got upset uh, about some <laughs> circumstance. So, you know, I validate, I get that, that that's her experience, but I got this. I will, I'll go to work and, and, um, and I'll shift this. Uh, I'll, I'll make something happen. I'll create something. This is just a breakdown. It's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's been working so hard to get the holidays to happen in a great, smooth way for us that yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty big deal for her. But to have me reassure her, to have me understand what happened and the, how it is for her, but then to have me reassure her, hey, I got this. And hey, it's only Wednesday. So there's another mm-hmm. couple of days for me to create a result. And if I don't create the result, it's not the end of the world. And my job as a man, as, a, as the provider for my family is to be with her, be for her and take care of her. So I'll spend the next two and a half days working on doing that from a place of this is what's next as opposed to I have to, or I should, or making something happen, but just like, Oh, this circumstance happened. You know, I'm in conversations with people. So let's see if I can create something to clean that up. I I think the, the way that you speak and the way that you approach the world is it, it's going to require people to listen to this over and over again, hmm. because just the the languaging that you use and the way you you kind of look at things and take it in and reflect it back, like you can, I, I at least I sense there's a density there of work behind all the things that you say. Well, what I would read, you? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I read many years ago, um, I think it was a German philosopher named Heidegger who said language, you know, yeah, language is the house of being. Mm. And mo- most people just speak. They don't speak powerfully. Um, I've got a list of words that are weak um, that yeah. I give, give people that I'm training where it's like, you want to you move these things out of your vocabulary. Because, yeah. um, you know, using these words will uh, impact you in a negative way. And if you're not managing that, then you're going to be surprised and ambushed and disappointed. Um, so yeah, language is really critical. Um, how I'm speaking, what I'm speaking, where I'm speaking from, you know, it's been, it's been something I've practiced for a long time, but you can, you can shift your language, um, pretty quickly, you know, just, just, uh, obliterate one word f- from your vocabulary, just take one word and, and say, I'm, I'm not using that word. That word is not a part of my vocabulary. So, you know, for, for many, yeah, well, for many years, um, you know, as my son was young, you know, kids love to ask why. And, and, and I would tell his friends, we don't use the word why in this family. <laughs> and you'll never guess what the five-year-old would say. 
Why? Why? <laughs> exactly. uh, but for me, if you ask a why question, you're pointing directly to the past. So, Oliver, you're seven minutes late. Why were you late? Well, you're going to give me a reason or excuse or a story from the past. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just not very powerful. Um, so I can ask you what happened or, hey, can I share with you that being on time is important? Um, can you endeavor to be on time next time? But it's a totally different question than why were you late? Yeah. And, and so that's just one of a bunch of words that I just don't use a lot Wow, because they're not very powerful. So, yeah, uh, language is important. Listening is important. Um, again, where you're coming from, who you're being as you're listening. And for most people, they are their thoughts. They are their feelings. They are their bodies. So and their circumstances. Be, yeah. And the people around them and the things that are happening to them. And so this is going to be an odd conversation. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Who you're being. Mm-hmm. But. But I think born. that's going to be like we're going to have we're going to have to open up that conversation and have like a good good amount of time to talk about that because that's that's deep and that's beautiful and I I love that stuff and I think the world needs to be be able to eavesdrop on that uh, on that conversation. But I, I wanted to share I want you to share with us what kind of tools or practices can you suggest for people because. You know, we're all in this online world. We're seeing everybody having the the highlight reel on Facebook, and look at me, I'm smiling all the time. It's great. I just I'm always buying a new car, and I'm always buying a new house, and I'm always popping babies out of my belly. So everyone's just looking so great, and then everyone's on the other side. They're just like, "Wow, I'm having a shitty day. Like, work was hard, business was hard, clients are being pieces of shit, or whatever it is. They're just they're actually facing." challenges and maybe even breakdowns like what you were saying where there's maybe there's months where there's no business coming in it's not growing it's not at the pace that we want we feel victimized by it so there's going to be there's a lot of people who go through that very real experience what can you say for them uh, well, I just added a third thing because for many years it was just these first two that I'm going to share, but okay. just recently I've added a third thing. So the first thing is well-being. You know, you said it really mm. well. We're, we're grinding away, trying to produce some results, sacrificing our well-being as we go. Uh, and, and it's actually gotten worse because now um, women have bought into it. Women in business have bought into, oh, if you just work really long and really hard, then you're going to get, quote, unquote, successful. And they're actually yeah. intoxicated. They're intoxicated with how hard can I work? Because now it's not just raising kids. Now it's making money, and that's whole. That's a whole new thing. But it's not. Um, and the exhausted mom at the end of eighteen or twenty-one years of raising her kid, who has no sense of satisfaction, no sense of appreciation from her children, um, who's left kind of in guilt or shame or or emptiness or entitlement or resentment. Um, it's the same thing in business, you know, I mean, this idea, this fantasy that, oh, I'm just going to put my face to the grindstone and then I'm going to pop out the other side and be great. Uh, it's yeah. just not true. So, so focus on well-being, like get, let's get back to something that actually works as opposed to, well, I'm just going to put my head down for the next three or five years and, um, and then I'll be happy when I'm on the other side. Whoever you are now, however it is for you now, that's how it's going to be three or five years from now. Because if we add money to your situation, you're just going to be worried that, your money's going to go away, so you're going to keep acting the way that you have acted to get that money. Mm. And so it's, it's like you got a, it's like you got away with acting the way you're acting because, yeah. and you're already being even rewarded for it because here here's a whole bunch of money. 
Yeah, and, the, and if money is the if money is the measure of success, then anybody who makes a bunch of money with whatever behavior, whatever psychology, whatever emotional intelligence, uh, whatever level of emotional intelligence, they're going to get stuck right there because mm-hmm. money only make money only makes you more of who you already are. So whatever your habits are. You, you have this fantasy, you know, when I get there, I'm going to do yoga and I'm going to yeah. meditate. You know, no, you're not. It almost like insulates them. So um, well-being, like like focus on your well-being and focus well-being. on well-being as a foundation mm-hmm. in, a work, in a workable way. Not wait till the weekend, but like day in and day out. The second thing is integrity. You know, your personal integrity. Um, focus on building that as a, as a really deep foundation. So, you know, complete, whole, unbroken condition, honest, sincere, um, you know, have that be a, a focus, have that be um, a, a way that you get leverage. Because if you'll focus on your integrity, you will get results. And if you're not getting results, focus on your integrity. I promise something will shift. And the last thing is growth edge. Get on your growth edge. That's the new thing. That's the new yeah. part you added. Yeah. Yeah. Get on your growth edge. Because a lot of the gobbledygook in your life is because you're you've relaxed. Is because you you think, well, I know, and I don't need any <laughs> new information. I don't need any, any new skill sets. And if you'll get on your growth edge, a lot of stuff that your brain's doing, that your heart's doing, that your body's do, doing, will disappear because you actually are focused in a way that's effective. Mm-hmm. So take care of yourself. Practice well-being as a foundation. Practice integrity. If you want results, get complete, and be on your growth edge. Books, tapes, seminars, CDs, you know, workshops, just have stuff in your future that you're focused on so that you're growing yourself, stretching yourself, coming from I don't know as opposed to coming from I already know. And what do you think that does to a person who's facing a breakdown or at rock bottom or feeling a lot of resistance? If they are beginning a practice of well-being, integrity, and being at their growth edge, what does that do? It's fundamental. Um, it'll build something that will last if that's sustainable as opposed okay. to as opposed to a spike up and then another spike down yeah um, it's too simple but it's worked for hundreds if not thousands of years so it's going to work now and it gives them something to get up and focus on one two three one two three one two three one two three well and i can do, literally yeah, count yeah. like at least three times where you have reminded me and just kind of pushed you know supported me in in these three main things mm. and literally created results like right, right after recommitting to well-being integrity growth edge and all of a sudden things are happening and the impossible is being being part of my reality yeah really really cool thank you so much for being with me today my pleasure. That it's so funny. We we could talk for another three hours easily. I know, absolutely. Can you tell <laughs> us about the work that you do and how we can find you? Who you oh, who you work with? Great. So um, I do three things. One is I train leaders. Um, so I do that one on one. It's a it's a pretty intensive program, a uh, year long program, and uh, it starts with conversations to find out if we're a match. So there's no cost for that. Those, com- those first conversations. So if you're a, you're a leader and you want to up your game by a factor of 10, mm. uh, I'd, I'd love to talk to you. Um, I also teach people to do what I do, the coaching and consulting that I do. Uh, again, that's a year-long program, and uh, um, that's a one-on-one as well. I found that as I got older, um, I wanted to do one-on-one work and go deep with people as opposed to do groups. So um, that's what I'm focused on. And then I've got a, I've got a handful of uh, of 
you know, really forward thinking individuals, whether they're in a company or it's their own company, but just folks who are looking for what's my next level of evolution personally or professionally. And, um, and so those folks, again, I, I have one, two or three conversations with those folks. And if it's a match, we move forward. And if not, they walk away with some insight and some tools and support they didn't have before. So I'm at, uh, my website's at ontico.com, O-N-T-O-C-O.com. And, um, I've got a scheduling button on there. So if you want to check me out, that's where to do it. And if you want to have a conversation with me, that's how you do it. I am so honored to have you here and, and, I'm so glad and grateful that you agreed to do this with me. And I hope that we can do some more at some point in the future and have, have that density of wisdom and experience be shared with more people around the world. Thanks, Oliver. I appreciate you um, creating a framework that people can get this information and uh, knowledge and wisdom from. So thanks. Thanks for, for doing this. Hey, everyone. Just a quick couple of announcements before you take off. And that is something that I struggle with. It's asking for support. This is something that I'm still working on, but I would like to ask for your support. And if you got value from this show, from this interview, please, wherever you're listening, you're listening to this from, there's a share button somewhere. So share it on social media, share it with somebody you think might also get value from this show. And that is the only way that we spread the message and spread the word I feel like it's really important for us to to realize that no matter who we are and how successful we get or even the people that we put up on pedestals, everyone has struggles and everyone on this journey has breakdowns. And I feel like there is it's an important conversation to have and it's an important perspective for so many of us to gain. If you feel inclined, please, it would mean the world to me if you could rate us and create a review over at iTunes. That's it. Last thing. I have a weekly newsletter where I share five of the things that I'm loving, learning, and reading to my subscribers. And that is called Oliver's Picks. If you're interested in getting an email from me every single week, you can sign up at olivermanalise.com slash picks. That is all, everybody. I am so honored that you were curious enough to explore this show and this podcast. I hope to see you again soon. Hit subscribe if you want access to the episodes as they become released. And that is it. Thank you so much for listening.